everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Inference, where we talk about programming languages and other funny stuff. Today, I am really happy to have here an incredible developer from Italy for the first time, Luca Piccinelli. And today we will be talking about COBOL. Welcome, Luca. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you. Thank you, Michele, for having me here in your interesting podcast. My pleasure. Um, I would like to ask you, uh, what are you doing today if you are still working on COBOL? And why did you get started uh, working on COBOL in the past? Okay, so actually, no, today I'm not uh, still working in COBOL uh, every day. I was uh, working in COBOL partially uh, up to uh, two years ago, about. And then, uh, since it's about two years uh, uh, that I'm working uh, backend side uh, in Kotlin. And uh, so, uh, a little, uh, little different from common, <laughs> and also yeah, absolutely different period of uh, of time. <laughs> and uh, I started working in COBOL in 2010 when I was uh, 25. Actually, not uh, because uh, uh, that was something that uh, I liked to, but uh, actually just because it's something that I needed to, because uh, I, previously I was working in Milan, I was working uh, uh, in, uh, in Java, on, on Spring, I was working on a social network uh, inside a famous Italian company and a very big Italian company. Okay. But uh, I so uh, I liked uh, what I was doing, but uh, I didn't like uh, uh, to live uh, in, in Milan because uh, the city life is not is not for me. City city life, sorry. And uh, so uh, I wanted to come back to my to my valley that is uh, Valle Camonica. Wow, an amazing and, uh, place. Amazing yeah. place, yes, indeed. Yeah. And uh, so uh, I, I searched for a work and uh, I found uh, this uh, local company that was working in COBOL. And so I accepted to, to work it there because uh, I wanted to come back to my, to my home, actually. And okay. that's the main reason. But uh, uh, looking back, uh, I'm happy of the choice that I did. You told me that you had a previous uh, programming experience before mm -hmm. going working in COBOL. So uh, I guess it has been shocking for you uh, to start working on COBOL after maybe working <laughs> with, uh, you know, more modern programming languages in the past. Yeah, 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 it was. Indeed, it was. You're, um, it's shocking is the right word because uh, you are uh, you're used to have uh, something that makes uh, uh, your life uh, easier uh, every day, uh, like uh, Uh, you study certain data structures uh, at the university, like uh, or also uh, data types at the, uh, like uh, integer, float, uh, byte, uh, or whatever. And then uh, you you expect to to having that types uh, in all of the languages that you go because maybe uh, you are used to have uh, I don't know C or uh, Python or Java or PHP and actually you always find out that types uh, or and also some data structures yeah. like dynamic arrays uh, like uh, trees uh, linked list and uh, whatever then you step back to COBOL, you, you step to, to COBOL and you don't uh, find anything of this because the data types are different. Okay. Uh, our dynamic arrays or data structures are not implemented by default in, uh, or actually at least 
they was not implemented in the runtime that we were using because you, in Cobol you have many dialects and all the dialects are very different one from each other in their implementations. It's different and also you're used maybe to have your uh, memory allocation for functions. You, you, uh, you have the stack, you have the heap and you are used that uh, when you have the scope of functions so that uh, if you call a function you expect that uh, uh, the variables uh, that you allocate inside the function are uh, scoped into that function. In COBOL is not in that way. So there are many, many differences. So it's actually shocking, yes. Okay, and talking more about uh, dynamic arrays, before recording this interview, uh, you actually told me that you've implemented a library for giving support for dynamic arrays in COBOL. How did you do that? Uh, well, I did because uh, I, I needed it. I needed a, a, a library for uh, handle dynamic arrays. And uh, as I said, it was not implemented uh, in the SDK that were used or in the runtime. And uh, uh, coming from uh, an experience of different languages, that was uh, something that I was expecting to have. So for uh, at, at the beginning, uh, I, I didn't use it, but uh, uh, it's not easy uh, not having uh, that kind of data structure in your day-by-day -day work. So in the end, I decided to implement it. And uh, how I did it, uh, I did it because uh, also in COBOL, you can access to dynamic memory allocation because uh, there are uh, uh, facilities okay. to call uh, the APIs of the operative system. And also the, there are also uh, some functions provided by the runtime that invokes uh, that APIs. So uh, there is the, a memory allocation uh, function and uh, with that uh, was uh, I, I built up uh, the, the, the library and uh, there are some, some things that are not uh, so easy also if you have a dynamic memory allocation, but uh, one by one uh, were addressed in some, in some way. And, okay, uh, so it's really okay. low level programming at this point, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's low level. It's uh, quite low level programming, uh, and uh, it's interesting because it's not something that you do every day. At least uh, you don't see every day going production yeah. that low level. Something at uh, yeah, at, at, absolutely. At, uh, and you also told me that you are developed that uh, let let's call this extension library. I, I don't know how to call that, but let's call it library for dynamic mm -hmm. arrays using TDD, which is an extraordinary modern uh, methodology. Let's call it that way. Yeah. Uh, uh, and how did you manage to work in test-driven development with COBOL? Okay, uh, for this, uh, maybe we, I have to, to put a distinction because uh, the, the one that I uh, developed using TDD is a second version of that library uh, because the first oh, version okay. I, that, uh, that is the, the, the library is actually in, uh, in production uh, is proprietary of my company and uh, also I was not so good in test-driven development uh, the first time that I developed that, uh, uh, that library because it, we, we, we have to go back to 2011 for the first version of this uh, uh, library. But uh, just a few, year, few years ago, maybe um, one year and a half ago, I decided to re rewrite from scratch 
the, that library and make it uh, an open source project. So I decided to try to do it with the TDD test development because now today is the, the my natural way to, to develop uh, something. In COBOL uh, it's not so simple because uh, you don't have the test uh, testing frameworks. Yeah, so you have to... Oh, okay. So, so yeah, I also wrote uh, some uh, simple assertions, uh, uh, but very, very, very simple uh, assertion that also are not, works uh, when uh, when the things works uh, when everything is, is okay you you can see okay this test has passed uh, with uh, his description uh, when something fails okay it just says okay it fails uh, in some way tries to give you the point uh, of failures but not always works uh, but for me it was enough to to go forward with the with the approach and also in this specific case, uh, uh, there is the it's more easy to uh, address this uh, this approach because uh, it's uh, all about computation. So I don't have any I/O, and that that complicates uh, the the use of uh, that technique. Also, uh, the the task, the specific task, is uh, was more easy and was more uh, was fitting uh, the the technique. So I also developed uh, some assertions, and uh, if you want, uh, we can also have uh, some uh, some example. There is a the repository that is uh, on on my GitHub. Uh, would Would you like to share some code on screen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so we can close the left part so that we can focus on a quite quite usual uh, structure of a, a test uh, test project. So. Uh, each of these uh, calls are the um, test cases, and inside of each uh, of each test cases, you can find uh, uh, your session. So, for example, here this is the program that I'm calling to uh, perform the assertion. So it's called assert. I'm asking to uh, verify the equality of these uh, that I'm, I am allocating uh, the the array and I, I am expecting that the array is going to be actually allocated. <laughs> okay, so okay. Then if you run it, you can see a, okay, an, test a console is okay. output that is okay about all the test cases. Obviously, if something is going to break, uh, you can see KO and in the end there are uh, 22 were executed uh, and so the, the report summary of uh, the execution. Okay, it was uh, pretty fast actually. I I don't really know how to uh, you know how to measure performances of COBOL. Do, do you think that it's a performant programming language actually, or uh, you know compared to other it's, languages? It's a difficult it's a difficult uh, question in this case because <laughs> in probably it also it depends from from the dialect because for example the dialect that that, that I'm using that is Aku COBOL is a uh, inter is interpreted. Is not a compiler, oh, okay. so it's, it's compiling to uh, um, middle artifacts that can be like uh, like Java, so that you compile in, in bytecode and then you give that bytecode to the Java virtual machine. For me, okay. it's uh, it's uh, about the same. So I have uh, uh, this uh, CRAN32.exe uh, that is uh, uh, taking this uh, test array.aku. Uh, that is the my my artifact. That is the compiler artifact from this test array.cbl. That is the, the source code. And uh, so, 
it's pretty much like I don't actually don't I don't really know the internals of this, but uh, uh, the external structure is very similar to a, a virtual machine. Uh, what I can say, uh, if we go in the sort algorithm, in the sorting algorithm of my library that is implemented in QuickSort, uh, oh, if you okay. if you compare with the with the C uh, the C sorting uh, algorithm of, of or C or also of to the Java sorting algorithm, we speak about uh, order of magnitude uh, worse than the Java version. But uh, oh, okay. uh, so is uh, is very very slower compared to the Java version. But uh, sincerely, I I don't know if it's slower because uh, I did something wrong in the implementation, or uh, the, so there is a way to make it uh, uh, run faster. I tried to squeeze everything at the maximum that I was able to make it performant, but this. Mm, it was not actually really comparable to uh, the other languages. Okay. It's in order of money to the slower. And uh, this is the specific case. Then if we go about, let's say, if you go, if you are able to reuse uh, algorithms implemented in the, in the runtime instead, then uh, I, what I can say is uh, that is... Uh, faster is really really fast i don't have uh, uh, benchmarks but uh, every time that i wanted to go fast in something i tried to reuse at maximum of uh, what i what i can i can i could do at the maximum the the runtime so the the, the already implemented uh, function given from the, okay. the runtime in that case it was really performant uh, for example, uh, we can see in uh, we can see this uh, this uh, complicated uh, uh, statement here declaration here that is a way to uh, uh, to use the arrays that I that I implemented, but uh, mm, passing through the uh, the the facilities given from from the language so um it's not it's not easy to to <laughs> to explain this uh, uh, if if uh, if the language is not known because it's as i said is a different is different this is a, this linked section and this usage of uh, uh, this uh, uh, structure is very similar to having a pointer in uh, in c and this okay. is similar to dereferencing a pointer. So with this, I'm going to dereference the, the dynamic array using a syntax that is typical of a, a static array of uh, the COBOL. Instead, COBOL gives you static arrays. And uh, the, 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 re the name that COBOL uses to have static arrays is uh, tables. So uh, okay. this is the syntax to have a static table, but I am using a, a mechanism similar to, actually I'm using pointers, but I am uh, in some way dereferencing the memory allocated for, uh, with a dynamic memory allocation that is actually a malloc like, uh, uh, like C. So I, I perform a malloc, I allocate a contiguous block of memory, and uh, uh, with this link section, I can uh, 
put a pointer over that memory and then access this that memory like uh, it was a static uh, a static table of COBOL. This is a way to access uh, uh, the array. There is another way that is uh, more intuitive but less performant. Uh, as I said, every time that I want performance, I try to use uh, the things that the runtime gives me and not something that I build over uh, yeah, the, the runtime. And uh, in this case, for example, uh, you have, uh, um, for example, binary search already implemented for the, for the, from the runtime, and you can use that binary search. I also implemented binary search in my library, but they are totally at a different scale of performance. Uh, why I have both? Because one is simpler to use, the other is more performant. So I have to choose given the task that I am, that I am doing. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know actually about the other dialects. I know that uh, there exists dialects that compiles natively. Maybe also uh, the open source COBOL, the new COBOL, I think that is compiling natively. And uh, I don't know sincerely about the performance of that, uh, that language. Um, you previously told me that you've implemented quicksort in COBOL. Mm -hmm. I would love to see a quicksort <laughs> implementation in COBOL, if no, you can you, share. You don't, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but uh, we, can, we, can go, we can go there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, the, the, um, it's not the recursive version, because okay. uh, uh, having recursion in COBOL uh, is not as usual, is not like you would expect is something a little different. Also, every time I have to speak about the di this dialect that I, I uh, remember is uh, ACU-COBOL, uh, but uh, recursion is uh, tricky in COBOL. Uh, why is it so tricky? Okay, uh, it's tricky because uh, uh, the way that you call, previously I said that you don't have a scoped function. So uh, scoped okay. function, I mean, uh, um, with there's allocation of scope, scope allocation. It's not totally true. You have them, but they are not uh, function. They are programs. So you can call another program. For example, that's that's actually the way that I'm uh, that I'm uh, implementing a library. A library is actually another program. So uh, these perform, for example, are procedure, uh, internal procedure of a program. You can call this in this way. So perform this uh, uh, procedure from here to here. There is also the syntax that you can do uh, directly only with perform escaping the, the, the true. It's only a syntax. We are, we are used to do, in, at my company, we are used to do in this way. And uh, so in this way, for example, I'm going to call this, this piece. These procedures are not scoped. So every variables that I'm using here are declared in the scope of the program where the, uh, where the procedure is declared. So for example, uh, this uh, expected array type uh, is declared, uh, no, it's, it's outside, but in, in COBOL, I have this uh, uh, section that is called working storage section. There is the, the place where I allocate variables on the stack. 
so not on the hip of the dynamic array, but on the stack. These are scoped, okay. so these exist only inside this progra program. But one, when I call this test allocation, that is a procedure, then I can use the variables of the working storage section of this program. The, the, the variables inside here are not scoped to this procedure, are global okay, to, the pro, to the program. But what can, what can I do? I can call another program. Okay, for example, here I'm calling this array new. That is a, 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 a this is not really another, it's an entry point of another program, but let's, let's taste don't don't complicate it too much it's another program in this case uh, everything that in C is inside this is scoped to that program what is the uh, the problem okay what is the problem the problem is that uh, calling another program is very expensive in terms of uh, performance why because uh, the first time a program they they are they when you compile a, a cobol program you don't compile uh, uh, things and, and link things together like uh, in, in G. They are dynamic, so you compile only that program. If you want to call another program that is compiled by itself, uh, you have to, to call it and find it in, in the same path. Or, in, in, or, in the, or you have to point in some way the path where you have to, uh, to search for the other programs. But the, that program is, uh, is fetched at, uh, at runtime, so it's going to uh, bring it up at runtime from the disk the first time, then the next time until you don't uh, call another, uh, another, uh, another instruction that is used to unload the program, the other time is cached, but the first time is fetched from the disk, so it's very, very expensive. Uh, and also when it's cached in memory, is not uh, as performant as calling another procedure. So stepping back to the reason why recursion is tricky, that's uh, why you don't have recursion on uh, uh, procedures. They, they are, it's, it's not possible to have it. Actually, you can call a procedure inside itself, but it's not a real recursion. It's that just a, a, a like a go-to. So it's just uh, going to back to do, to do, okay, to do. Okay. okay, so it's like a go-to, it's not a real recursion. You, uh, you can have recursion on the programs, these programs. In this dialect, in the implementation of this dialect, also that is not a real recursion because it's allocating, every time that you call it, it's allocating another, you, have, you, have, you can have two, two options. You can decide to allocate it another instance of the same program in the recursion tree, or you can choose to go again inside the same instance. So it's, 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 it's similar to a recursion, but it's not a recursion. Anyway, if we are implementing uh, uh, an algorithm like uh, a quicksort that should be quick, uh, calling something is out of your uh, options because uh, okay. otherwise, as I said, is already slow. If you call something out, uh, it's going to be much more 
slower. That's why actually is not implemented with recursion, but with the uh, stand, not the, with the algorithm, uh, the procedural algorithm. So uh, uh, can you can you share the code? <laughs> it's really talk is cheap. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, talk is code. cheap. Show me the code. Great. Show me the code. <laughs> okay, uh, with the code, it's not uh, as I said. Uh, probably the long, uh, it's not as longer as longer as you probably are going to to expect it to be long okay, because great. only this part is for uh, uh, receiving parameters from the for the other call only this line and this uh, is a macro that is uh, squeezing uh, about other 10 lines inside it and also okay. this copy are other many lines so probably if i'm going to explode these uh, are going to be about uh, 50 or 60 lines only to receiving the wow. parameters okay okay <laughs> and um, there is a reason also here is not the only way is a way to to decouple the color the, the structure uh, that the, the data structure that the caller is using from the data structure that the uh, receiver is using. It's 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 a technique. It's not mandatory. And then uh, okay, uh, then I have many in, internal uh, internal procedures. Uh, okay, in this case is actually quite uh, quite short. This return is an is is the the only. Uh, the only time that I use a go-to because this return okay. is a macro, but inside uh, is a go-to. Is a go-to. To... Okay. Uh, let me. Let mm. me. Uh, sorry. Uh, I'm seeing online uh, 221. I see compute pivot. So you're taking the pivot for uh, uh, performing uh, the partition, mm -hmm. I guess, at this mm -hmm. point. Yep. Then perform partition. Then. Mm -hmm. Push left partition. Okay, so you're basically sorting the items inside the array. And I don't see, uh, you know, I see perform partition, and I do expect partition to be uh, a function or a program in that case. Mm -hmm. How do you pass variables to that Q partition program are, function, whatever it is? They are global. They are global. Uh, oh, because, okay. Because um, actually, not really global because uh, the par we are we are uh, sorting uh, an array so uh, we are referring to the memory allocated uh, from uh, and referenced from this data structure this data structure is the data structure that of, of an array that uh, is something like uh, maybe I can show it so uh, how is uh, an internal structure of array I have uh, uh, the pointer I have the pointer okay. is actually this is quite similar to how you would expect uh, an array it is uh, okay pointer but then uh, from my uh, experience I added this array version that I didn't added in the in the first version of the library so okay here I added it and then I have uh, the part of data so how big is going to be every element of the array uh, how long is going to be the array and then the private uh, attributes that are going to be capacity and also here I have uh, the, a type that can that is an indication about the fact that it is going to be numerical or alphanumerical 
and okay. uh, is useful for for other tasks and then this filler uh, okay we can I, I think that we can skip this uh, uh, but uh, cobol uh, I, I know that COBOL at detail will will recognize uh, this uh, this <laughs> keyword. <laughs> it's actually okay, something uh, that say uh, reserve some memory for future use. Okay. Uh, okay, may I ask you a probably stupid question, mm -hmm. <laughs> and maybe I can also answer myself. But if you're uh, running a quick sort using uh, global variables only, how do you handle race conditions? I mean. Those variables may be uh, scoped inside the scope of the program, so you don't actually have any race condition because every time you call a quick sort, you actually are running a different program. Mm, but uh, not really. Okay. Not really. Uh, mm. Oh, okay, could no, you please no, no. explain this? Okay, uh, I avoid the race condition probably because uh, uh, in the environment that uh, we 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 di we distribute this program probably we don't uh, actually have uh, so many frequent uh, race conditions because oh, okay. uh, is a uh, is something that is not uh, uh, inside the blood of our uh, of our <laughs> environment uh, because is actually we we distribute uh, um, we have uh, about uh, 10 more than 13,000 uh, customers so more than wow. th that means more than 13,000 installations in all the Italy so uh, everyone has because it's a, it's a desktop application they use uh, there there is a, a, a concurrent access uh, of uh, of the of some resources uh, but I don't I don't think that uh, there are uh, actually if you always use the same instance but uh, in different machines so they actually okay. are different instances but uh, anyway mm, it why also you don't have race conditions because uh, uh, this is not global this is uh, allocated in the external program so the program that is going to call this uh, array sort is passing you the memory that is from that program oh, it, is, okay. it is a specific array mm, then actually probably somewhere here i'm going to look okay i am this free pivot there so i'm also allocating dynamically um something here and yes probably here i would have race condition if uh, uh if uh, if i was in envi in an environment with uh, with uh, with that problem because i'm i'm not sure about that probably i i never analyzed that because uh, we don't really never actually never needed to 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 use in that okay, way okay in in our environment i don't really know if uh, that could be a problem <laughs> actually because uh, yeah no if you call it another time yeah. then you are going to allocate uh, an in another memory because uh, you're going to call two times this m, uh, m alloc. This is the M3, but uh, there is also M alloc. But uh, we are always using the same, uh, the same variable, the same, the same pointer. Oh. So probably, okay. yes, this is going to overwrite uh, another, another in, in, in a concurrent uh, call. Yeah, probably. Okay. Um, mm. as, if there's anyone looking this episode, uh, they will know that uh, I've always talked with people coming from the functional programming world, where it's really 
let's say that it, it's a bit harder for functional languages to have race conditions because of pure functions and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, most of the times it becomes, you know, easy for me to reason about concurrent programs. Mm -hmm. And when I see this stuff, I always ask myself, okay, where can I spot a race condition? <laughs> I don't know why, but it always came in mind. <laughs> okay, I can understand. Yes, yes, for sure. If you are uh, in web development or cloud uh, cloud environment, oh, yes, yes, that in that case is going to be a problem. In my case, probably it was never been a problem, but I think that it, if it was, uh, there is a way to... To, actually, I'm not sure that is going to be a problem, <laughs> but uh, if uh, if it is, uh, there is also a way to to escape to escape that problem because you can ask to to call different instances uh, of that library every time. There is okay. there are there are ways to to do it. At least uh, okay. it, it seems to me to remember that there exists a way to do it. Also recursion. Also recursion. Uh, sometimes sometimes I use the recursion. Now I sometimes I use the recursion as a workaround to instantiate different different instances of the same program. Yes, it's something that I did uh, many years ago. Okay, this this is really really interesting. Uh, not only because it's COBOL, but also because I I feel like this is very low level programming, and you have to be an expert on how computer works to make it work properly. Mm -hmm. uh, am I? I, I don't know if that is true, but I, I really feel like this is this requires some expertise. It requires some expertise, maybe sometimes not uh, actually uh, how the computer works or, or well, yes, also. Uh, but some other times you have to to squeeze your uh, your environment, your your runtime to, as I said, you don't have. Uh, so much already implemented in the runtime. So everything that is already implemented, you have to uh, take benefit and advantages from that. Uh, for example, um, I also implemented uh, uh, the decoding of uh, uh, Base64, uh, decoded wow. and encoding of Base64. And uh, in that specific case, uh, if I used for 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 the alphabet, you know, you the the sixty four characters of uh, that 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 used for for encoding or decoding. If I used a static array or a static table, uh, that is the normal way to use uh, in COBOL to allocate an array. Uh, in that case, using the table to reference the 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 alphabet is was very slow. And uh, I find I found a way to make it uh, go faster, changing the collating sequence of the of the of the program. So uh, the I, I I used some function that are built in in the in the runtime, and I said to that function, your 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 alphabet is not uh, the standard ASCII, but now your alphabet is these 64 okay. characters. Okay. In that way, it uh, using that as a as a table or array in order to index uh, to find the index of a specific character, it worked much more faster the the decoding and then the and then the encoding uh, process. Got it. So maybe sometimes you have to to know the 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 runtime that you are using. Okay. 
So going on into the conclusion for this episode, uh, I feel like writing COBOL in 2021 can be challenging sometimes, but it's really rewarding. Uh, I feel like you you are discovering so much about how computer works, how to squeeze the language and make it work how you want. Uh, do you think that it is worth to learn COBOL in mm. 2021? Actually, uh, learning COBOL, I don't really know if it's something that is worth because uh, uh, you get back this kind of, of uh, thing that you said. So going deep on the things, if uh, there are two conditions, one, uh, the team that you work with uh, let you uh, actually uh, play with the, with the, with the runtime and give you the time to do it is interesting in, in doing a, find a new way to do things this is the first condition and uh, also and the second condition is that uh, you you have the the chance to go in production because uh, uh, you need to go so deep only when you have a production and usually not when you are playing uh, with with a language so okay, yeah. uh, is probably i wouldn't invest uh, in studying uh, in that language if i uh, don't I don't have already in mind uh, a, a specific goal. So I have, I want to have a career in uh, uh, legacy code refactoring. So my topic is going to, for all my life, is going to be legacy code refactoring. So I'm going to, to learn legacy code. I'm going to learn technique to address uh, legacy code and so on. But uh, in the other ways, now probably for a junior, is something that I don't uh, suggest. Uh, okay. just, just to learn something new. If you have to learn something new, probably to be uh, appealing for the market, probably uh, you should choose uh, something more, uh, more, more modern because uh, it's going to be more marketable. Only, only because yeah, you sure. are more, appe more appealing. But uh, yes, if if you want, if you are cu curious, uh, why not? If you are curious and you like it, okay, then uh, it's another another story. And yes, you have the opportunity to to learn to learn so much about how things work. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so last question: How do you see the future of COBOL? Because we know that there are some you know code bases that are so huge that it is impossible to refactor those code bases to Java or uh, any other language because they are so, so big and we, mm -hmm. we just can't do that. Uh, so how do you think that the future of COBOL will be in the next 10 years, 20 mm. years? As you said, uh, I actually I don't believe about the big bang rewriting of uh, of a project. Also because some are really mission critical. So uh, if you it's enough a, a little error to to break everything. Also, I don't I don't really trust fully solution that that now exists that take your code and compile it, compiles it on another platform. Yeah. Let's say over .NET platform. I don't really trust it because. You are only taking a code, but uh, the behavior, the implementation is totally different. So probably something is going to change 
and you is not easy to find so how i see the future uh, i hope uh, that uh, the maintainers of uh, the cobo runtimes continues to maintain it <laughs> so continue to have the business yeah. <laughs> uh, reason to to maintain it at least the the biggest one let's say microfocus ibm or whatever and uh, what i see i see they should find a way to take uh, that code and put uh, on an uh, in some way in in a more modern uh, context so maybe i i see better something like uh, techniques like using uh, uh, the golden master technique to to address, to tackle your legacy code base, uh, um, structure it, uh, take out maybe the, the core business logic in some way, take that business logic, uh, use it as like a, a, like a, a, like a black box uh, and call it, it from uh, uh, another, uh, another more modern environment. I, I see something like this more real for the future, but yeah, it's it's very yeah, uh, it's sense. very difficult to to actually <laughs> have a provision of uh, of that. Okay, great, that makes sense. So uh, thank you again for being my guest for this episode. Time flew. I really appreciate your uh, the, the fact that you shared the code. You are actually the first person in this podcast sharing some code. And I really like that. So maybe in the future, I will ask more uh, my guests to share their code because it's really, really interesting. I'm sorry for people listening to us on Spotify, but this is an episode that you have to see on YouTube. <laughs> so sorry again, but thank you, Luca, for being here. Hope to see you again in a future episode, maybe where we can talk about Kotlin because right. I know that you are really well focused on Kotlin. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I like it very much. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, Michele. Uh, thank you to you. I hope that uh, I, what I explained is uh, clear enough uh, to the audience, but <laughs> I hope. Yeah, at absolutely. Least if something is not uh, clear, uh, you can uh, go in, get in touch with me on LinkedIn or uh, or Twitter or where you want. Where you want. And... I leave some context information in the description field for this video. So if you want to get in touch with Luca, you can find all the contacts in the description field. So thank you again. And see you next time. Thank you, Michele. See you. <laughs>